G'day, and welcome to Rewrite Yarns, a podcast about Western sports athletes in Australia. My name's Jordan O'Neill, and in this podcast we'll delve into the mindsets of champions, why they win and how they've prepared to do it, the highs and lows of competing, and the animal athletes that have stood out in their lives. Hey guys, just wanted to say a quick thanks to everyone who's reached out about the podcast. I'm glad people are enjoying it and I'm appreciative of all the feedback I've been getting. If you haven't already, jump over to Facebook and like the Rear Old Yarns page for any updates and when the episodes are going to drop. I'll have a few ready to record in the next couple of weeks and I'll be putting updates on the page when they're about to drop. Episode number three is Lachlan O'Neill. He's a three-time NRA Steer Wrestling Champ and the 2017 APRA Steer Wrestling Champ and also happens to be my little brother. We talk about how he got started, his dedication to practice, how he deals with pressure, what, what keeps him going down the road and what it's like competing against your brother. I hope you guys enjoy. Alright, for episode number three, we've got three-time NRA Steer Wrestling Champion and the 2017 Pro Tour and Australian Champion Steer Wrestler, Lachlan O'Neill, also my little brother. Lock, welcome on, mate. Cheers, mate. Good to be here. Um, well, being an enforced COVID break, you've uh, done a bit of growing up, bought a house, all that sort of stuff. You enjoyed the break or you're ready to go? Yeah, it's been good. Um, actually been probably... Yeah, good being away from rodeo a little bit. Just um, probably catch up on a bit of adulthood that I probably should have done 10 years ago. But, um, yeah, it, we've still been practising a lot and stuff. So as soon as they start, kind of ready to go, which will be good. Yeah. All right. Um, talking about growing up, how did you start rodeo and how did you get into it? Um, well, Dad used to rodeo, but um, as a kid, more just kind of got not pushed into the football side, but because there was always photos on the wall, but there was never, Cole, mate, we're going to a rodeo or anything like that. Um, never really, my first potty ride at a rodeo, I was 12, or 11, sorry. Yeah. So I only had one year of in the NRA of potty riding. And, um, yeah, first rodeo wore the old push bike helmet and no vest and a glove and... Yeah, me mate, Joe Medway, actually, like, I played footy with him. He was bull riding before me or rodeoing before me and used, yeah, a bit of his gear or whatever. And then the second one I went to at Kilcoy, um, they told me I couldn't wear and I had to wear a full-faced helmet. Yeah. So um, Dad thought it was a good idea just to go down the AMR All Sports and just bought, like, a $12 cricket helmet, the cheapest one he could get. Yeah. And that kind of got me through a few months or whatever and when we were growing up like it was good or dad always we always had cattle to get on and stuff like potties and stuff but um the maps lived at caboolture at the time matt and steve yeah and they had an arena so um yeah we kind of put two and two together and used to go around there and buck them out of an afternoon after school and stuff so whatever kind of we wanted to do dad always helped us with what we wanted to do but he was never yeah we never really got pushed into it like yeah i yeah, I don't remember going to a rodeo until that road that when I got on that potty at Caboolture, So yeah, um, when you started, um, or because you were you started bull riding, you said potty riding that. Um, who did you look up to when you were young? Like, was there anyone that stood out, or just the locals, or um, probably mainly bull riding wise? Because especially when you're a kid, you watch so much of it. Yeah, and even now, like I love watching the bull ride side of it. Like I'm a timey through and through, but actually more enjoy the rough stock and most of the fellas I travel with and stuff and fellas I kind of look up to are rough stock people yeah just I think they just got a different side of different how attitude they do it. yeah different attitude like I know we'll probably go into it later on but steer, you know time out wise you kind of get a steer you don't want and you go oh geez I don't really like that but then you got to remember them bull riding side they're probably getting on a bull that no one wants to get on but they still sharp and give it the 100% yeah but, um, yeah, probably Cyrus Ramsey was someone I probably really looked up to. When I was younger, he was kind of the one that was really dominating. And, yeah, I think he won seven NRA titles and stuff. So, yeah. especially, yeah, just being around the NRA, he was really someone probably looked up to. Yeah. Um, and you talked about it just then, but um, now, like, who, not really an idol, I suppose, but is there anyone you admire or, or you know, something that you really like, in, like traits you like in someone or... Something along those lines. Um, bulldog and white. Oh, depends if it's in Australia or America. Like either in, or. In America, probably um, 
like Tyler Waggis back just it does it seems to whatever steer he draws he can just absolutely make the same run but it, you can tell the steer's either stronger or softer mm. if he just does the same thing and you know like doesn't phase him what he draws no it doesn't phase him what he draws um Australia wise oh there's there's lots that I've kind of looked up so you know like Shane you know for winning as much as what he's won over so long and even up to last year, you know, like he knew he was retiring steer wrestling, but he still was, you know, last round, fourth round, there was still a chance he could win the title. Like, yeah. I admire that, you know, you, you like, realistically, he's retiring on top. He's not kind of fading out like yeah. some people do, which, you know, which is all good. But, you know, I, I, I admire how he's... He's come out. Quit at the he's, top of his he's game. He's quit at the top of his game, knowing that he can still win. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, that's something to really, really look up to. Yeah. Um, before we get in the practice bit, just want everyone to know you actually hated steer wrestling originally, didn't you? Like, I had to drag you to practice because no one else would practice, and you were typical roughy. Hated it. Wouldn't do it unless you were made to. Yeah. Well, first steer I ever run. Um, Jared Bagiro can back me up here. Me, you and Jared were working at Steve Organmore's Pineapple Farm at Wemmy Ran. Yep. And you were practicing that afternoon. I always mucked around and groundworked a few but picked and chose which one made me look good. Yeah. But um yeah, Jared and I were talking shit as we were picking pineapples and I said to him that I'd run a steer this afternoon, I never had. And um yeah, we went to practice and he brought it up to Dad and yeah, well I had to run one, I suppose. There was no other way I could do it. So, yeah, that was the first to ever run. Yeah. And then I probably didn't run one for another six months after that. That was about it then. So, You probably yeah. you probably didn't really pick it up until you went to college, I suppose. Like you, you went to college more as a rough stock guy, but you could bulldog in that. And then over there, it seemed like when you came back, you'd made it, made it your, um, your pet event rather than your bull ride. And when you left, it was probably your pet event. Yeah, I... Probably rode bulls good until I was about 16, and then I hit a really pretty terrible patch, but I still loved it. Yeah. But, um, and then I rode a few bronks and stuff like that and worked out bronc riding wasn't for me, but I think I'm more just, I, I still enjoyed doing it, but Dad rode bronx and I thought if I got on enough that maybe one day something would work, but it never did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, steer us some wise. Yeah, I more went over rough stock wise, and um, I was lucky I went to a, uh, Messaline's college over there and CJ Aragon, he um, won the turquoise circuit in I think 2005 or six in the steer wrestling. Made the circuit finals a bunch of times too. Yeah, yeah made yeah. the circuit finals, yep. Made the circuit finals a fair few times and um, he was the coach and he kind of, I, like I said, I still bulldogged a little bit when I was going over there but um, yeah, he probably really opened my eyes up for steer wrestling. Like, I worked out like a Tommy groin when I was probably 17 and kind of didn't have a lot of trouble with it but still was enough and um yeah probably worked out steer us and i could groundwork 15 steers and run a couple and wasn't sore still walk the next day yeah and then i'd get on one bull and feel like my bloody leg was gonna fall off so that probably really opened yeah it was probably he he recruited a lot of steer us as the year i was there so the the practice days were really competitive like it was more it wasn't just oh we'll just go throw a couple of steers it was kind of there was always seven or eight steer wrestlers and you know like there, there's a few still that I went to college with now that are still win a bit in the PRCA and stuff yeah. so you know it was um yeah it was really good times so. but um that probably leads pretty good into our next question um what's your practice routine like like a lot of people probably fairly or unfairly know, know that you enjoy enjoy a good time like you don't mind a beer and that but I don't think quite a lot of people realise how hard you actually put in on the practice side of things and that like um, when you when you do practice what um, what's your routine like what are you going there for is there a set thing or you know like do you go there just to just to run steers or do you go there for spe- specifically to work on something um, just depends if um, depends what kind of if I'm in a slump or something like that, yeah. always try and work on something. But the way, the main thing, what I probably steer us for, you know, the last few years has probably changed a little bit. Um, I do it because I enjoy it. And yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a rodeo, 
at a rodeo you can run one steer whereas I enjoy practicing where I can run multiple you know, multiple yeah, yeah exactly right so and that's that's what I do it for the enjoyment I enjoy nothing more than catching a steer and throwing it down yeah. and I don't need you know not that everyone does but there's some people that purely I think do it just for the oh you know like I'll go to the bar later on and you know this girl will like me because I steer wrestle today yeah I um yeah I really don't see that side I just I it's what I enjoy doing and yeah yeah I um like routine wise is just groundwork a pen or multiple pens and then just jump a couple on the horse or whatever and yeah, yeah. just kind of yeah I just really enjoy yeah throwing steers down pretty well yeah like I probably got the best chance like we contract time event cattle and we got team rope and cattle and calf rope and cattle and I could easily probably team rope when everyone team ropes practice I just hunt steers up I'll tie a few calves and stuff like that but I just don't have that interest in the roping side of it like I just thoroughly enjoy steer wrestling so yeah. so I've kind of just stuck to that one event yeah um when 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 you are practicing um does it change say you're in a slump or you're on a roll do you change anything like if say you've had a couple of shitty rodeos or you've had a run of really good rodeos does anything change or you still sort of do the the same same sort of things work on the same things um slump wise it's probably nearly worse for me because then i probably go into overdrive a little bit and not that i overthink it but i overdo it overdo it and just i will vouch for that yes yes and i just want to keep doing it and i'll make a decent run i don't know i'm not really someone that to practice and I'll like I made a good run I'll finish on that yeah because when when everything's perfect it's pretty easy to be perfect yeah I'd I'd more rather try and make six good runs in a row and know that I can't do anything wrong yeah so when it comes to it when it comes to the crunch I know that I can't do it wrong like I know you still do like you, everyone's in slow hit slumps a lot of times but I just think the more you can do the more you can practice and the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Like yeah. it, it only takes a couple of runs to come out of a slump instead of, you know, making one decent run and then sitting around twiddling your thumbs for a week thinking, geez, I can't wait till the weekend. I'm nearly out of this slump. And then, yeah, yeah it just, you're just forever digging a hole then. So. Yeah. Um, what about when you're on a roll? Like if, you, if you, everything's cruising, um, foot off the accelerator or just keep doing what uh, you've been doing? try and just keep doing what I'm doing kind of thing like yeah. it's obviously got you there so you just gotta I don't know I'm just yeah I just think I'm, I'm lucky too I've touched wood had no injuries and stuff like that so yeah you know I, I don't have to think oh you know my shoulder's a bit sore I'll just take a little bit steady so I'm sure it's a lot different for other people but um yeah I just think it's obviously um when you're in a slump you practice out of a slump and that's what's probably got you out of it. So if it's got you out of it, if you keep doing, you're going to stay. You should nearly stay out of it. So. Yeah, and that that'll put you on a roll nearly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So everything in rodeo, like it's all confidence built, you know. Like I think, anyway. So. Pretty well, all mental. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. If your mental game's pretty strong, you sh- you know you should be winning, kind of thing. So yeah. Um. What about? I don't. You're not overly into your working out and that but you play a bit of touch footy and that but more so horses and that do you do anything special for yourself or your horses I'm um, probably steer wrestling wise I'm probably the worst horseman that's that steer wrestles really oh, I've like, yeah, seen some average runs couldn't I can tell you if they're on the right lead or wrong lead but that's about it but um, mainly just trot them yeah trot them most days like if I get home from work early enough I'll it's a bit of a track we've just moved to, so yeah, yeah. Try and trot them up and keep them fit enough. Like if they're feeling good, they're gonna they're gonna work good too. So yeah. Um, on on your, on game day, so say say you're at a rodeo on that. Do you have a bit of a routine? Like do you you know check your draw, pay entries, rah rah whatever? Like do you have a bit of a, a full day routine, or you just sort of keep it for pretty well when you're about to go and go and run your steer? Um. Yeah, well, I like always like going over and seeing what steer I draw, yep. drew, and then probably pretty bad. I go back, back through judges' sheets and kind of work out the best game plan you can for that steer. Like even, even I don't know, even if I haven't seen him in three months, I still like 
try and pride myself and remember what steers and what this steer is and what that steer is. If it run, if it stops, if it steps left, yeah. if it steps right. You know, and then you kind of work out your game plan and stuff like that. Because if you've got no plan, you're almost running a little bit blind. So yeah, yeah. that doesn't really help either. So. With, with, with your plan, um, sorry to cut you off, with your plan, are you flexible though? You're not just saying like, when it does this, I'm going to do this. Like you, 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 all, all plans willing to like, all willing to change sort of thing. Like you're not going to oh, wait for it to stop and then if it doesn't stop, it's all, you know. No, well, yeah. de- definitely not because at yeah. the end of the day, like, Steer us on event wise, you need five minds to be in the same spot pretty yeah. well. You, yeah. you know, both horses have a mind, the steer has a mind, the haze has a mind, steer us has a mind. So it only takes one of those minds to do something different. Yeah. And it's pretty well out the window kind of thing. So yeah, yeah definitely, definitely don't want to make it, you know, like the steer's going to run at 28.6 kilometres yeah. and I'm yeah. going to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I try and make as good enough plan so I know what I'm going to do. I feel like if you make a plan, um, if if the plan doesn't go good, say say a, this deer is going to run and the knocker start, and you know steer still outruns me, or I yeah say steer outruns me still. At the end, of the, if you've made a plan, you can't be angry with yourself because you've stuck to what you what One you were going day. to do. Yeah. Whereas if you um, if you don't make a plan and the steer outruns you, it seems to fall, you know you can fall into the trap of oh geez you know that steer's too quick shouldn't, yeah shouldn't be in yeah. the draw kind of thing but yeah and yeah that's you know that and then if you're in one of those traps it take, it's a really hard to road get to get of. out of yeah just touching on knowing your steers and that I can't quite remember how where you got into that because I I like knowing cattle from a long way back too. But um, do you remember how that came about, remembering steers, and or is it just something that we picked up along the way? Or um, yeah, I suppose it's just always kind of probably riding junior bulls when it was a shoot draw. Yeah, and they run up a single feed, and you're in shoot six, and you knew what the bulls were, and you'd swing the gate the other way. So yeah. if you yeah. didn't want one, you'd swing the swing, gate the yeah. other way and get the nice one or something. But no, I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, we've like we've always dad's always had steers in that for us and I suppose when you're practicing a lot and stuff and there's always steers there if you don't remember them it's kind of hard if someone shows up and says oh what's your shred steer yeah you've kind of got to have a fair you got to have your mind on it go oh yep no nah. you know he'd be either too much for you cuz you don't want to cruel young fellas either yeah, you, that's you know, true. Yeah. and then or you don't want the opposite way you don't want you know a a top cowboy coming up and cruel and a little steer either you know yeah. like yeah you just try and average it out so i don't know i've just always i've always seemed to be pretty good with it so i just yeah kind of helps a little bit i suppose at times it, it's it is nearly an edge like if you know i find anyway if you know your cattle and that you can sort of and you run through and can remember where they've been and what they've done and that you sort of you know you, you're ahead of the game a bit in a way like you know what they're gonna not what they're gonna do, but you got a rough rough idea, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah, you know, yeah, it's probably the same as you you look at the NRL and stuff these days. You know, like they're through the week they're watching videos yeah. of, you know, um, studying and that studying stuff. and stuff. You know, they're playing Ponga this weekend. Yeah, they're gonna know he's stepping off his left foot, so they're gonna study it. Yeah. Whereas if you just, you know, probably the olden days, that's probably why they're standout players because yeah. they couldn't do that. Yeah. Whereas yeah. It's the same as, you know, your bronc riders, you know, they know what rain to give horses and stuff like that. So yeah. if, if you can get as much as you can out of your cattle side, it normally gives you that little bit more of a... bit more preparation. bit more preparation, yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, so when you get to where you're backing in the box, what um, what are you running through your mind? Like, do you do you think certain things or are you just thinking sort of, I'm going to see this and then attack or what, 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 what do you got going on? Oh, it just depends. I'm a real bad leaner for leaning or whatever as, yeah. as I come out so I try and tell myself to sit up straight but just mainly I I try not to like the hazer should tell you if he's not there kind of thing so yeah. I just try and back in and watch the steer you know make sure he's pushed up the front and his head's up and everything like that and yeah pretty well just all I'm thinking about is a start like you yeah. know if it's a drop of the head as he dropped his head I want to be going kind of thing and 
yeah, just really, like I said, I got a bad, and I still do it now. Like it's something that I I work on, but I just kind of get a bit eager, and I kind of probably get off a stride early on a lot of times and stuff. So yeah, it's probably something that yeah, I just try and really think about sitting up straight and riding to me steer. Yeah, and then you start, and that's about, yeah, yeah, you start, and that's about it. Yeah, but I guess in that regard, you can control thinking about sitting up straight and you can control what you see after yeah. that it's sort of going by what's that's happening it. yeah and you, and you don't want to be skip you don't want to be thinking oh you know this deer's going to be real soft and as soon as he comes i'm going to hook his nose because yeah. then you're forward three or four steps you're not like, at that part yet. no that's yeah. exactly right like you know you, you if you're jumping forward that's when you probably and grant you know probably 2010, 11, 12 even, when I first got back from L, I reckon I would have broke out that many times thinking about throwing a side broke out nearly every rodeo. Yeah, you're pretty well known for it. Yeah, but that was just probably a little bit keen and just thinking those few steps ahead kind of thing. So. Yeah, well, you haven't done your job to that part. You're not, you know, you, there's no point in getting to that part if you yeah, haven't done exactly it. Exactly right. Look, no use thinking about hooking the steer's nose when... You haven't even touched him yet. Yeah, that's right. Rolling on from that, um, I know you have weird superstitions, but what um what what have you got? I know you got a couple. Yeah, probably me first one that um I don't know why I don't like wearing new shirts. I um if I get a new shirt, I try and get Glenn or someone to wear it first, and I don't even care if they do no good, and I just like them wearing it first, and then it's out of the way then, and then I'll wear it from then. And um, yeah, I've never never bulldog in a belt or sunglasses, because I think belt wise the horn can easily get stuck in your belt or whatever. And then sunglasses, I've run one steer and the steer hit me in the glasses, and I was more worried about fixing the glasses up than throwing the steer down. So I've just never, I, you know, I've bulldogged hung over a fair few times at bloody in a slack or something, and the sun's nearly killing me, but I won't put, I won't leave me sunglasses on. Always take them off before I steer us. So there you go. What about um, do you do do you video your runs and analyze them afterwards? Like, do you get into that? Um, yeah, yeah, I try to. Yeah, um, probably since being with Tam, it's been really good. Like, um, it's pretty hard to then you just travel with the boys and stuff. It's kind of you tell them to video and they're off doing something else and they don't really probably get it. You know, get yeah. the video or whatever. But um, since I've been with Tam. Like, Tam's been amazing, like, support-wise and stuff like that. But video-wise, even at practice, she's been videoing our practice runs. And it's just good to be able to go home and just analyse a little bit. And you'd be surprised how much, you know, you can... Especially if you're practising on the same steers, if you video a few times and think, you know, I should have my left leg back a little bit more, I should have been over. Never good at getting over steers, but um, if I was over him a little bit more to hook his nose, like, I probably would have got that better finish. Yeah. And that kind of gives you a lot more to to work on the next practice kind of thing. Yeah. So. Do you just go through them the once and sort of work on it and then watch the next one or do you re-go over them or you just sort yeah, of like... Yeah, try and... Oh, I'll just kind of go through them. Like, I'm probably more, say, video practice. I'll more watch the ones I think I bug it up first Yeah. and then um, kind of go through them and see where I could improve and then um, if I make a good run, I'll watch it at the end kind of thing and yeah. think, you know, like I'm happy with how how that finished or whatever, yeah. so... Well, I guess it, it, sometimes they feel when you watch a run on video and they're shit, and then other times they feel shit and they actually weren't so bad. Yeah, that's it, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know, bulldog-wise, I do a, a lot of things wrong, but, like, I'm always reared back and stuff like that, but I've, I've tried to change it, but it's just one of those things that it works for me, so yeah. it was easy just letting it work for me and stuff like that, like... Um, yeah. Even even with every event, even like if you're a steer rider and stuff and you, you know, if you're not getting over your rope enough or something like that, if it's working for you, like every style doesn't suit the same person. Yeah. So you've got to kind of find your own your own style and then if you adapt to it, it'll always, you'll always do better than all, yeah. But you've just got to keep working on things. That's the main yeah. thing. Well, you've been told a handful of times that I've seen that your style's... I suppose unique's a nice word for it. It's, you know, like if someone was going to take a, a video of someone that's bulldogging technically correct, you might get the nod part in and 
maybe yeah. the finish part, but in between, probably not. But yeah, yeah definitely. It, it yeah. does, you know, like it. That's just, I guess, that would probably come into the video analyze. Like if you watch it, watch enough, you know how what works for you and how to what you've got to work on. Whereas if you watch videos of someone else and try to make it work to you, it's not going to work essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. It's just kind of adapting to that situation and going with that. And yeah, I don't know. Seems to work enough for me, so I just kind of keep rolling with it anyway. Yeah. Um, you haven't. I know you haven't had many injuries steer wrestling wise, but you had injuries bull riding wise that led you into steer wrestling, really, didn't you? Like you, that's probably why you, you stopped bull riding. Like you were yes. half handy and you just sort of couldn't ever stay healthy. I was yeah probably good before I hit maturity. I rode really good when I was yeah like fifteen. Well, not really good, but I didn't. I Decent, thought I was yeah. handy enough anyway. And I was probably. 14, 15, 16 kind of thing, and then, yeah, kind of must have found girls and bloody Bundaberg rum or something, kind of dropped away a little bit, but, um, yeah, I still really enjoyed it, but, yeah, mainly me, yeah, like me hips and bloody groin, and that used to play up a bit, so, yeah, it was just, like I said, steer at once I went to college there or whatever, and they, like CJ being a steerer, so he was still the RCA road when I was at college. So, you know, they'd practice a fair bit and at the start I'd throw a couple and then sit behind the chutes and then by the end of it it was bloody nearly the opposite. I'd want a bulldog and wouldn't want to go behind the chutes at all because it just bloody hurt if I went behind there. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really good. Like I said, I couldn't... You know, any, and any kid that seeing about going to America, I try and say to them, like, college is the best thing because if you do get injured and stuff, at least you still got a base, you got somewhere to stay, you're still around rodeo, but you're not paying, you know, rent, rented a house yeah. or something. Like, so, yeah, like, I don't know. I, yeah, I really enjoyed the college college days and the bloody, you know, how much we'd practice and stuff. It was good. Yeah. Have you ever, you haven't, well, I don't know, actually. You've never really been injured steerously, have you? Like, touch wood? Not too bad? No, no, nothing really at all. Yeah. But, yeah, I've been really lucky, actually. Like, I think I worked out the other... Oh, I think it was 2017. From 2010 to 2017, I didn't go over three weeks without at least groundwork and a steer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, I've, I've been lucky, like, injury-wise or whatever, that... And yeah, that's probably yeah, probably helped me out a little bit. I'd say like yeah. touch wood, nothing happens. But anyway, yeah, it's got to keep going. Um, tell me about a time when you you messed up a run when you were gonna not win big, but can, can you think of a time when you you're about to make a run and you muck something up and it cost you somewhere, um, or a couple, whatever. Yeah, I definitely one year. I still I don't really remember it, but. I kind of do it at the same time. Um, 2011 Warwick, I think I placed in the first round, and I must have been third in the first round because I was third back or third last out. Yeah. And I was just young and just bugger to steer up properly, what I remember anyway. Like, ended up third overall, but it definitely, if I'd be told me, I don't think I shouldn't have definitely been third anyway. But yeah, I don't know. I, I've bugged a lot up, but you just kind of go to the next one and that kind of, you try not to think about the bad ones as much as the good ones. Anyway, but a lot of things go good where they should have went bad. So, yeah, yeah that's probably the main one that kind of stands out. Because like, I'd, love, I'd love to win Warwick, like I never did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, even winning the finals average would be good, but it'd be good to see, you know, Warwick have the rodeo again where everyone can, like, I think it's, Pretty much, you know, if you don't win Mount Isa, you want to win Warwick kind of thing. Like, I think that's yeah should be on every Australian's bucket list at rodeo anyway. Yeah. So what what did what did you learn from that that year at Warwick? Like, did, did you pick pick a le- like, did you have a lesson learnt from that, or just you um, know? I was probably happy I was third <laughs> at, at this time. If it was now, I definitely would have picked something. But how? I was 22. It didn't bloody worry me. I was third at Warwick. I thought it was great. And yeah. Done a fast victory lap and yeah. But looking at it now, like yeah, that was really that was stupid. What I you had a yeah, chance to win it. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Definitely, I missed the steer's nose and had about three rounds with it. Like, it was just stupid. Yeah. But anyway, that's the way it goes. 
Um, going from messing one up, what's what's one you, you can have a couple if you want. What's what's your best run or runs? Like, give me a couple of times when you really, really something you're really proud of. Um, oh, in Canada in 2015, I probably went to the Riley Gibbon, Casey Loom, and I went over there or whatever. Yeah, and um, I probably done. 16 rodeos and didn't win a check and we were practicing and was yeah doing everything right yeah oh doing doing enough to i thought where i could have placed at, at least one anyway yeah and yeah went to strathmore and ended up winning the first round or whatever and i broke out in the short go and still placed whatever that after that like just that one run and then i i think i placed in the next three or four or something it was four pro rodeos after that it was just kind of that one run that just kind of released the pressure and real like kind of made me know that I could do it. Yeah. Whereas yeah, it was probably just ten rodeos too many in to to do it. I should have done a fair bit earlier. And then um, then yeah, same thing. I come back from that over there and yeah, thought I was bulldogging pretty good and doing as many rodeos as I could over here. And I couldn't win a dime. I think I didn't win a. I think I come back from. Over there, like from Canada in um, September. Yeah. No, I didn't win a check until Mary Jig in March. Yeah. And I was practicing twice a week and putting in as much as what I thought I could do. And I'd done a fair few in between as well. And I'd practice good and then I'd break out or I'd just stupid things myself. I think I was nearly over overthinking it. And then yeah. um, went from March, I might have won a check or two and then. Went to Mount Isa and won the first round, was second in the second round. Yeah. And ended up winning the winning that. And then after that I think I placed at twelve straight or something. Like it was just something that I really and you know, I don't know, I'd never changed what I'd done and I probably still haven't since then. Like yeah. before I practiced twice a week and then after I practiced twice a week, but it was just that I just had to make that one run and then that kinda changed Everything that I done, kind of thing, yeah. So out of, out of the those two, like your Isa runs and your Strathmore runs, pretty much just having that, keeping that belief, is seems to be the yeah the central theme. Yeah, pretty well. Like it was just yeah, you just got to keep doing it, I suppose. Um, yeah, and you just got to kind of. There was another one when we were both the CCA finals. I backed in and I had a steer that was playing up in the shoot a fair bit or whatever and it's a pretty short arena and they set it run like anything and I backed in there and hit the back of the box and walked the horse forward one stride no mate old mate opened the box and anyway ended up getting a rerun and um ended up run, running the rerun and ended up winning the round or whatever but it was just kind of I don't know those things you just kind of don't take your eyes off the target you know like there was People saying I shouldn't have got a rerun and all that, yeah. but you've just got to stay strong in yourself and not really worry about what everyone else is doing. You just got to do. You can only do what you do yourself. Yeah. You can't worry about Joe Blow who's after you or before you. Yeah. You can only control your horse and the steer to a certain extent. certain extent once yeah. you get a hold of him. But yeah. Yeah. Just touching on that 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 Isa run. I wasn't there at Strathmore, but I was there at Isa. That first steer in at Isa wasn't the greatest steer either, was it? Like it was no, no one had done much on it anyway. Like it was, yeah, think, wasn't a bad steer, but it wasn't you know nothing. No one was talking about it. No, I think they only broke it in in between Curry and Isa. Um, Tony has a party at him the f- Thursday afternoon. Yeah, and um, Hurley flipped him out the front, and then yeah, I did Friday, and um, yeah, I knew nothing about him. Ike Hayes for me, Shane Ike Hayes for me, and Ike was there. I never done curry that year. Ike said they threw him that week, and he said he was really good. He was just kind of just out of the team rope and almost, and um, yeah, it ended up working out good with him. So yeah, yeah. Um, talking about, I'll quickly add this on. Talking about um, Ike making plans. Do you make plans with your Hayes? Like, do you have a game plan? We probably touched on game plans before, but I forgot to add the Hayes. But do you? Make a plan with your hazes? Yeah, probably have. Probably the last few years, is, I've probably done more yep. game plan. I didn't, yeah. Years ago, you just bloody nod and wouldn't really 
worry about but make sure your haze is facing yeah, make the right sure way you, yeah that's it and, you know just be hell for leather keen or whatever but um yeah probably the last few years definitely kind of and probably haze a little bit more myself yeah i'd probably rather have someone come up to me and say you know i've got this steer what do you you know like yeah we'll do this or whatever and it's yeah. kind of like it's it makes you reassured that you know that they're they've got a plan so you can kind of stick to something instead yeah. of you know hazing for someone and you don't talk to them 10 minutes before and then you think shit do i jump out on this steer or do i um or are they going to be late or whatever yeah. so you know yeah oh, definitely a game plan with your hazer always helps so yeah all right um what's your favorite accomplishment or a couple of favorite accomplishments and and why um probably definitely winning the pro title um something that if you rodeo on australia you should always want to win an apra title like it you know you're beating everyone the best uh, of the best yeah and and right around australia you know so um yeah definitely definitely the pro pro title would be the main one um yeah oh there's heaps of heaps of little ones and stuff like the end you know oh the nra is not little like it's still a great association winning winning every winning any rodeo is really an accomplishment really because you yeah. beat everyone that's there. everyone that's gone there so yeah um yeah and you even just the accomplishment of enjoying what if you enjoy what you what you do it should be an accomplishment in itself because yeah yeah that's what it's all about it's all about enjoying yourself and doing what you like to do so yeah just touch on the couple of those titles because well, we we obviously have practiced together for years, and um, I just want to know. I've never I've never been as good as what you are at it, but I remember. I think it was your second NRA title, and then obviously the APRA title. Both times, coming down the wire, you had to do something. How how do you overcome the pressure? Like how what do you what are you thinking or like what? How do you you know like that? I know that last round at Warwick, it was it looked like you had to do something to win the title, and I know that. The last NRA, the second NRA title you won, you 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 were sort of neck and neck the whole way through. What um do you do you like pressure or you just deal with it or? Oh, it, well, if you don't love pressure, you probably shouldn't do. You shouldn't rodeo really. Like the the main thing I think of like I I like the pressure situations, but I also like to look back at say say I know for the pro title I told Tammy this just before the last round said if I don't do any good in this round it's not because of this round it's because I rode past the steer at Lang Lang at Easter yeah right and yeah. I, I more look at that you know that's you can't blame you can't blame one run yeah right at the end it's an accumulation it's, of it's the ruined year. the whole thing and yeah I rode past the steer at Lang Lang that year and I bloody if I sneezed I would have fell on the steer yeah you know like and that that then I said that at the time the, the day like as we we're leading the horses over I just said, you know, like, not being negative, I just said, you know, like, she said good luck. I said, cheers, you know, bloody, um, if it doesn't go any good, you know, it's definitely Lang Lang 2017 that cost me the title or whatever. But, yeah, I, I, I think that's where people get wrong with titles and stuff. Like, it's, you can't blame one thing on the, unless it's sudden death. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's an accumulation through the year. It's not just... Oh shit! You know, like I drew a shit steer in the last round. I didn't win. Yeah, had plenty of other chances exactly throughout right. the year. You've, you've had thirty other chances through the year. You've probably drew a good one six times and done no good on a good one. So yeah. you can't blame that one steer. That yeah, you know, I, I don't believe in shit steers. I just think that some are better than others. Some are better than others. Like, and that's yeah, you know, and that that kind of goes back to the the bull riding side and the what I what I like on the rough stock side. You know, you you've got. Oh, what could you say? Like, um, you got nice 80, 80 point balls or whatever that fourteen guys are getting on, and then someone's getting on the ninety point ball. Mm. That one guy's got to run his hand and you know be just as positive as the guy's getting the guy on that's there, getting yeah. on. You know, and he knows if he rides it, he's going to win it. Yeah, but then. It's the same as running a stronger steer. You know, if you make a really good run on him, you can still win on a stronger steer. Yeah. So you've just got to do the best you can on what you draw, and the rest just falls into place. And there's times that you'll draw a 
steer that shit I'll win on this and, and you, you definitely don't and then there's times that you know like I try never to say oh this you know I won't win on this because you can win on everything yeah there'd definitely be times you'll draw a steer and go shit I'm really gonna have to bulldog this steer yeah and you know he'll trip over or something and yeah. yuck his nose and he throws down like it's just how it goes so you know I, I think positivity and um, stuff like that definitely helps a lot and yeah. being around those people you don't want to be around a person that's ah oh, you know what are you drawing today Steve ah oh, you know just another shitter yeah you know he, it's, he's won before you can tell when people look at draws if they're going to do good or if they're not if they roll their eyes and you know, normally the steer's got them beat straight up, so yeah. you know, you know that's just how it is. So. Yeah, travelling with good people is a big, big part. I, I think anyway. Um, so what? Um, go, going on to the last couple of questions, what are your favourite horse or horses? Like you can have three or five or however many you want. Like you've rode a few. Um, give me a rundown on a few of your favourites. Um, probably on a first started realising that it wasn't all about going to the bar and having a beer or whatever. Like, and horsepower was vital. Yeah, horsepower probably helps. Um, John and William Day's horse was probably about 2000... Oh, he's had it for a lot of years. I think I first rode him in 2013, maybe. I, I think 2012 we might have rode him. Yeah. yeah, 2012, and then I rode him at Easter at yeah. Sydney Show yeah. in 2015 or 16 or something. Yeah. Um, any horse that handles... Sydney show like um, rode Boss there one year. Boss was always really good. I rode Boss a horse, fair yeah. few times. He was really good. Um, anything that can stand like at Sydney always mm. comes out good. Like he's always got a always got a solid horse or whatever. And um, but yeah, probably like days are probably the main. And looking at him, you know, like he was he was a big lump compared to the other bulldog horses too. Big strong horse. Yeah. Um, then like Caddy, Caddy's been probably better to me than he has to everyone else I've won a lot on Caddy over the years and he's definitely helped me in the last few you know or probably 2017 18 and stuff like that just you know bulldog and wise like just practicing on a really solid horse I've always got a horse but he's always kind of half-assed so it's it was it was good to have well it's good to have Caddy around and practicing a horse you can just back in the box and you can just think about yourself instead of doing three circles, backing him in, spinning yeah. the other way and stuff. Well, I think you had to say that anyway. Yeah, uh, that's it. No, he, um, oh, definitely, though, look, yeah. He, probably the solidest horse I've rode, so. Yeah. And then at the moment, if I could pick a horse to ride, I don't know what the horse's name is, but um, DK and Campbell have a chestnut horse with a bally face. I didn't yeah. see him till Mount Isa this year. Um, last year? Yeah, last year, sorry. Cam rode him. Work good in the lane, like takes a fair horse to work good in the lane, like especially a young horse. And then I seen him at Warwick as well, and I thought, like, you know, he he runs really good. But there's oh, there's plenty of road, like, um, and I'm I can remember Steers' names, but I'm terrible with horse names. Um, Iker's horse that he sold to Glen Chate, Brody. Brody. Yep, Brody. I like him. Like, I don't know. I like a horse that kind of runs a little bit close and takes a good step. And Brody always done that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I really like the look of him. Um, Shane had a buck, buckskin horse that Lee had for a while. I don't know what that horse's name was either. No, but, um, not for me either. Yeah, I really liked that for a while. He was bloody outstanding, eh? So, yeah. But, um, oh, there's, you know, anyone that lets you on a horse, you know, mounts you out and stuff, I suppose it's bloody got to be a good horse because they're letting you ride it anyway. So. Yeah. When, um... When you're in Canada, did you learn anything about horsepower over there? Like it's a whole different world overseas. But did you learn anything over there, horsepower wise? Um, yeah, probably, probably did. That was probably a good eye opener that first year. Went over. Um, yeah, probably, probably didn't. That was when I first realised. You know, you don't just put a snaffle bit in a horse's mouth, kind mm. of thing. Like that's just all. You know, Dad was just more. On, get on this horse, you'll be right. He'll make yeah. a bulldog and horse, or you know, get on this horse kind of thing. And um, yeah, probably opened my eyes up anyway to realize that a lot more goes into it than just yarring a yeah, yarring a horse past a steer. 
So, um, but yeah, that realistically, it probably hadn't really helped me. I'm still a terrible horseman and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like I rode, oh, I don't even know where it was. Um, somewhere up north of Canada, Peace River, I don't know where it was. We're riding this um, horse at Justin Miller's, a roan horse. We're all getting on him and like he was really good or whatever. And someone rang me and needed a trade. So I just traded thinking, you know, look, we'll be there anyway. So I traded and then Miller left and then I'd go horse to ride and I asked around and there was a few fellas saying, oh, yeah, you know, look, if you need a horse, you know, we'll we'll have one. And um, Mylan's had been down in America rodeo and I think Tanner made the NFR that year or whatever and kind of had a few maybes and then um, Mylan's kind of pulled into the grounds. I thought, well, I'll ask them, you know, like what's... All they can say is no. Yeah. I went over and said, oh, you know, is there any chance I can get him out? Yeah, no worries. Like, we'll have him over there. He'd be good to go or whatever. And, yeah, he was he's definitely the, you know, soldiers bully backed in the corner and, yeah, like, stood as solid as a rock. And when I nodded, like, he come across the line, the steer kind of took a step at the hazer and nearly bloody ripped me head off. He stepped across that hard and, yeah, fellow was down for about half a stride and the horns hit me in the guts and... I didn't really know what was going on. So, yeah, that was definitely probably the quickest horse I've been on, the solidest horse, but I'd probably rather run 20 or so on him in the practice pen before I went to a rodeo game. He was well out of my league anyway, so... Yeah, that when that first year we went over there, that the horse we rode, Blake Ganyan's Biscuit, like, that that was an introduction of what horses should be. Yeah, For, for me, anyway. Like yeah, I definitely. Just, it, and, and he was solid, too. He'd run five every rodeo, and work the same for the first as he was for the last so yeah yeah we definitely didn't know enough about horses when we went over there um well back down to the last question um what keeps you going down radio road probably the enjoyment um not yeah like it's still bloody love to ride. like the last two years i've tried to pro wise i've just i think 2000 and once i won the title 2018 i've done 11 yeah, and then last year I think I done twelve pro yeah. rodeos, just kind of pick and choose. And if I win enough, I'm happy. And if I don't, like it, it more to me, I'd rather do those twelve and try and win all twelve than what I used to do and just go to thirty. And geez, I hope I win a check this week. Like it just yeah. kind of puts that bit more pressure on you to right. Oh, you have to do good here, kind of thing. And um, yeah, more mainly just the enjoyment side. Like I. You know, it's really good. All me, like a lot of me mates, you know, have all rodeo, like rodeo, still rodeo, or have rodeo and stuff like that. Like, um, catching up with them, having a beer with everyone, and yeah, I I just like every part of it. You know, like I like the part that if I broke down in Dubbo, you'd be able to ring someone, yeah, and they might, if they can't help you, they'd know someone that knows someone. Like, it's just a good close-knit family and yeah I'd end of the day I just like throwing steers down pretty well like that's about yeah that's why I do it and that's why I'll keep doing it pretty well a big family essentially yeah definitely definitely so yeah you know like, it doesn't matter where you go or what you do there's you know there's always someone that will help you out like you know I couldn't imagine an equestrian rider at the you know Brisbane exhibition or something saying oh here Jordan here's a horse you know you'll you'll win the bloody event on him yeah whereas rodeo steer wrestlers team ropers calf ropers all swap horses and stuff like that bull riders helping bull riders on bronc riders helping bronc riders on you know everyone's happy well the, the top you know the the high class you know well the top of the league like they're the they're the people that make a good run and want someone else to beat them almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Said, you know, like, they don't care if someone beats them. They're going to make the best run they can, but they, they're they there to, you know, they do their job, and if someone beats them, that's bloody... They did a better job. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, you know, like, helping everyone out, and yeah. Talking about family, I actually forgot this question before, so I'll make it this one the last one. How do you find... Competing, practicing, and traveling with your brother. Like we don't travel as much together now, but we've done it for a fair part of our life. What's it like traveling, competing, and practicing against your brother? Yeah, well, it's oh, the, you know, there's a lot of fellas that doing rodeo, and yeah, 
like going off that last question, you know, look, you you don't care who win. Everyone's well, you know, if if you're a serious competitor, you shouldn't really think, you know, oh shit, I don't want. I hope they miss. I hope they miss, or I hope that you know, because if you're thinking about that, you're not really worried about what you're doing. You didn't do your job well enough. Exactly right. But um, yeah, travelling with you, it's been really good over the years. Like, you know, like I said, bulldog and wise, I really didn't want to bulldog too much, and you used to make me get on the rope and throw one down, and I, I like, I suppose I enjoyed it because I was doing it, but I didn't really think that. I'd end up steer wrestling more than anything else, but um, yeah, you know, um, it's it's good to have someone that you can be real, like, you know, you can say, you know, George, like this is your right, yeah, you've yeah. got this kind of thing and stuff like that, and you know, get on a haze horse and haze for your brother or you, or vice versa kind of thing, and you know, like, it, it it's more, you've probably got a closer connection than what. You know, you've always got your rodeo mates, but when family, when you got family, like that, just adds that little bit more sentimental stuff to it. You know, like yeah. if you win a rodeo, I'm as happy for you to win it as if I won it, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it just yeah. adds that little bit more to it, which, which is um, which is good. And you know, yeah, we've been down the road a lot of years and stuff, and yeah, we you know, touch wood, haven't had many arguments, never had a punch up or anything, so. You know, that just, yeah, proves how much of a bond we've got, which has been really good over the years. Not at a radio punch-up, anyway. No, definitely not. Definitely wouldn't have been much of a good one if we had one, anyway. <laughs> no. All right, mate, well, I think that wraps it up. Um, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it, mate. I hope, uh, hope everyone enjoys as much as we enjoyed talking about the good old days. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, everyone, eh? See ya. Cheers. Hey guys, just a quick thanks for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and also jump on Facebook and like the Rewrite Yarns page for updates and info and when the episodes are about to drop. A big thanks for listening and supporting Rewrite Yarns.